0: Well, 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 we're actually on the correct microphone this time. Welcome to Chronically Narnia, a podcast in which we discuss the chronicles of Narnia, chapter by chapter. Today we are discussing chapter 10 of The Horse and His Boy. This chapter is titled The Hermit of the Southern Marsh. Uh, I am uh, your four-footed cousin, (laughs) also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host.
1: I'm a horse kiss.
0: A horse kiss
1: yeah also known as chris welcome <laughs> big wet horse kiss
0: a big wet horse kiss from quinn <laughs> to erebus
2: uh-huh all right <laughs> so
0: right. chris uh the hermit of the southern marsh yes what did you uh, get, get? let's get into this what do we do what do we do here
1: well how well, do we do this Well, no, i know it's been many months since we recorded our last episode um, but what we normally do is we start off by doing our summary where we go through the chapter and pick out five sentences uh, That we think summarize the chapter hence the name of the segment uh, And we just read That's those just to call it. That? Yep, and just to get a baseline for our things to talk about All so right. Why don't you go ahead and do yours?
0: All right, so um, I guess I'm going first I'm gonna go ahead and do my five sentence summary. These are five sentences. I just plucked out of the chapter
1: Plucked them right out. They're no longer in the chapter.
0: They're not. I cut them out of the (laughs) book. It's my own version of reverse blackout poetry. Whoa. The lion had almost got Hwin now. Hwin, stumbling and nearly fainting, was just entering the gate. Erevis still kept her seat, but her back was covered with blood. If you run now, without a moment's rest, you will still be in time to warn King Loon. Daughter, said the hermit. I have now lived a hundred and nine winters in this world and have never yet met any such thing as luck. Bree turned round at last, his face mournful as only a horse's can be.
1: Okay So you listeners might notice a, a loud yappy dog in the background, uh, if you're too distracted by that. Uh, i am I'm sorry, but we we're having a narrow record window today that we can't uh skip through so. Might just have to deal with him being a background sound. Anyway, so your summary—I was surprised that we didn't have a single sentence in common this time. I didn't do uh, a good is. job, so
0: that's <laughs> it. I mean, yeah, that's you really a, the main thing here. You, you had
1: a different feel for it than uh, than I did. So okay, there we go. What is this chapter to you, Kristen? Go ahead and we'll read your about. summary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into mine. Bruhoo, the North. The green north neighed brie, and certainly the lower hills looked greener and fresher than anything that Erebus and Shasta, with their southern-bred eyes, had ever imagined. Instead of a dust cloud well out in the desert, he now saw a black, moving mass, rather like ants, on the far bank of the Winding Arrow. In the middle of the gateway stood a tall man, dressed down to his bare feet, and a robe colored like autumn leaves leaning on a straight staff before they reached him the lion rose on its hind legs larger than you would have believed a lion could be and jabbed at erevis with its right paw the hermit says that shasta probably got to the king loon in time continued erevis so it looks as if all our troubles are over
2: all right
1: so there we go um hooray and huzzah things happen in this chapter Mm -hmm. nathan um <laughs> uh, <laughs> things do happen. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Uh, and there's some things to talk about. So, um, anything that you want to jump in with right away before I start? I mean going through it.
0: I think that we should kind of start closer to the beginning, but something I really do want to hit on is this repetition of the scratches and the symbolism of that. but
1: yes, um, so closer to the beginning. Yeah, um,
0: let's go let's back it up a little bit. So we have uh, the group wandering through some of this greenest land that the kids have ever encountered Mm -hmm. and crossing the winding arrow, which is the river. They have to find a place where they can cross it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and um, noticing off in the distance, as you pointed out, that Rabidash's forces are already at the winding arrow as well Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and looking for a place to ford the river. They're right behind them. They're actually closer to Anvard than, or isn't that, is that the name of the city? I think so. They're closer to the city than the kids are. And the kids are going to have to make up their lost time because they slept.
1: Yeah. Shouldn't have slept. Nope. And so when you're fleeing an army across the desert, you don't sleep. that's like.
0: Well, you're not fleeing the army. You're trying to get ahead of them and yeah. warn people. Yeah.
1: Uh, rule number one. Um, don't so we. sleep. So we f- we they find a way to cross the river and we I mean nothing really happens up until that point until you know they they see the army coming in the distance but nothing happens after that until the lion does.
0: So yeah, they start heading uh, a little more hurriedly because of this uh, impending presence, the actual visual visible presence of the army mm-hmm. getting closer and closer, and they you know, they're trotting along. They're heading along. They're trying to get there quickly. Hwyn is really the driving force on this one because Hwyn is very much just like, we have to try to get there. She says, we must get to Anvard before it, meaning the army. Mm -hmm. And that is the big, like she's pushing him. Quinn has finally taken a role <laughs> of of a leader and just like started running for it. Uh-huh. And you'll notice that when the lion does show up and start continues to chase them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Bree runs for the cover of the of the hermits archway.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And uh it it's not Quinn that gets swatted by the lion, but Erebus. Quinn is the only one who has made it continuous effort to get them moving yeah and i think that it was a big uh, i think that's a symbolic thing so we have the lions show up once again
1: so let's talk about this land is
0: it's aslan it, obviously is it yes okay yes
1: why is why is he attacking then why does he attack Erebus?
0: why indeed
1: because get, Erebus gets hurt yeah like blood is drawn she's got bunch of big old scratches across her back. None of them are that bad, though. We find out later. Mm-hmm. But still doesn't seem like a very Aslan thing to do to just attack a child that's fleeing from him.
0: Except that the cat scratched um, Shasta when he talked about throwing rocks at a cat when he made his little confession. He got a swat from a cat. Mm-hmm. And the symbolism that's not being mirrored for you, but the the throwback to what I have told you I can't talk to you about until we get to the uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Okay. But within that, there's also some some reflection. Okay. Um, but we also have Shasta going on alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is an important part of this because he does look like Prince Corin. That I think that the validity of his story of of seeing Rabidash is is amplified by the fact that he's alone as opposed to with a Tarkina. Hmm. Um. So I don't know. I just I, there there's lots we don't know there, but
1: so we had to take Erebus out of commission is your
0: We might have. We mm-hmm. might have had to. But we'll find out more, like as this story goes on. Um. But yeah, don't know what happened there, and there's something. There's some craft or art that this hermit participates in.
1: Oh, wait, 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 wait. So we can't just, like, willy-nilly introduce the hermit. Like, okay. Okay, so, you know, I. sorry, I had something. Okay. So they're fleeing from the lion, and they just see this guy standing in the doorway. Yep, right?
0: standing in an archway.
1: Covered in, you know, robe-like autumn leaves, carrying a staff. And, like, he looks at him, and he just starts with this, this weird song, right? Hey Doe, Merry Doe, Ringadong Dillo. Ringadong, along fall all the willow. Tom Bomb, Jolly Tom, Tom Bombadillo. And I made it no, I made a joke. <laughs> um on last week's podcast, this is the one where we meet Tom Bombadil, but i you know, I, I I have not read the book before. Yes. So I didn't know anything about the Hermit they meet in the woods, but this it does kind of smack a little bit of uh Oh yeah. Of Absolutely. this story in Lord of the Rings. And as we mentioned before in a previous episode. This book did come out the same year. And a lot of people believe that. Uh, the horse Bree is a reference to the town of Bree. That they go into in Lord of the Rings. Uh, and this might be another parallel. Because oh. the. the It's a very similar kind of thing. Yeah. Where they're fleeing from something. You know in this case it's just a dumb lion. Instead of like the. The Barrow White Whites.
0: Yeah the Barrow Whites.
1: Uh, you know. Yeah, lions whatever but they find like this <laughs> this weird old dude that's out in the middle of the woods he's got his own little like peaceful garden thing that he lives in like he's dressed weird and, and he seems to know a lot of stuff and he he seems to have some sort of supernatural power
0: we don't know that but yeah like he's he says that he's 109 years old and that he practices some kind of art
1: yes and he is aware of both who shasta and Erebus are
0: and that so, they're—I I don't think he's aware of who they are. He, so
1: he uses their names. Does he? Yes. He when they he calls out their names before they introduce themselves.
0: I don't think that he does. Look at like he only like he calls them son and daughter. Mm, he doesn't no. call them by names. I believe he does. No. Am I wrong? You're wrong.
1: Okay. Come
0: in my daughter, come in, come in my son. Uh, are you are you are you King Loon of Arkenland? No, I am the hermit of the southern marsh and now my son waste no time on questions and obey. This damsel is wounded, your horses are spent. Rabadash is at this moment finding a ford over the winding arrow. If you run now without a moment's rest, you will still be able be in time to warn King Loon. So he may have knowledge of their plan, but at no point does he ever refer to any of them by anything other than son, daughter, and cousin.
1: Well, okay, whatever. you, yeah. can, you can cut all that out.
0: No, I'm gonna leave it in. <laughs> I like being.
1: Uh, so I like I like, know, I don't I like
0: including audio clips of me just reading sentences out of a <laughs> book with no inflection.
1: No. no, I just. How did I read that in there? Like I swore that happened. Mm-mm. Um anyway this
0: is this is 80 percent of the problem i have with the way you read the book i don't know <laughs> oh God. i
1: just my brain wants to make it more interesting um anyway so he knows who Rabbit ash is though. yeah and he's aware of this plan and he's aware like vaguely aware of like their plot
0: whether like, whether or not he's aware of their plot he's giving shasta the mission to go communicate to the king like yeah. nope you're get going run
1: yeah he's like he basically knows why they're there and he i don't know he he doesn't demonstrate necessarily anything that is supernatural or magical, but he's got Nora about him.
0: Yeah, well, and um, he says, "I my art doesn't tell me anything but the present or something like that." To win when she asks about Erebus yeah. and whether or not she'll live,
1: so who's the hermit?
0: Who is the hermit? Indeed, that's I mean that's a great question. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: my, but my... like,
0: why did? Why did Aslan chase them in if they're just going to be sitting there? Three of the four of them are just going to be sitting there.
1: Yeah.
2: You know,
0: so.
1: Like, like, why, Why? like, that's the question. Why would Aslan be herding them into this guy, like, when Shasta is the one that has to go on and, like, keep going further? Like, nothing they have to do is here with the hermit. Maybe. Like, But
0: they also, like, need to continue and run, and Bree and Quinn
1: can't
2: apparently
1: uh-huh
0: uh, and Erevis certainly can't after being clawed by the lion so yeah no this chapter raises lots of questions <sighs> with what does happen because it's like and specifically that that Erebus had 10 scratches I think that that's going to be somehow symbolic but I don't know
1: <sighs> yeah uh also there's a line in here that I forget what the actual line is and I don't want to look for it right now but uh he says something like, when he's tending to Erebus' wounds, the hermit is like, oh yeah, these really aren't any, aren't any worse than lashes from a whip. Yes. Or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, the line says, <laughs> um, for your wounds are washed and dressed, and though they smart, they are no more serious than if they had been the cuts of a whip. Mm-hmm. It must have been a very strange lion, for instead of catching you out of the saddle and getting his teeth into you, He has only drawn his claws across your back. Ten scratches. Sore, but not deep or dangerous.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But then why did... Why is Zazlan doing this in the first place? Why? Yes, I know. Like, We've asked that <laughs>
0: six times no, already. I'm trying to get why? up. No, I don't have an answer for you. I asked the question first. <laughs> why? Yes, why? 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 you want to calm down? Uh, no, I want to know <laughs> why. I thought
1: I was trying to draw out some speculation.
0: No, I have no speculation. I, other than the fact that it is some kind of symbolic blah, 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 blah that has to do with what happens in another book. Okay. Which I can't explain to you without spoiling things. Yeah. Which is why we're reading these books in the wrong order. Well,
1: here's my speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there's the allusion to it being, like, no more severe than the Cups of Whip or whatnot almost calls to mind that this is, like, not necessarily a punishment, but, like, some form of penance or some sort of, like, sacrifice that Erebus has to make coming into, the like, the Free North. And, like, there's I don't know. She doesn't seem like a person who's, like, not innocent. It's not like she's guilty of something. So I don't think yeah. it's, like.
0: Well, and I feel like that's the same as the, sh- the, the the scratch that Shasta got. Uh-huh. Where I think that, you know, we have a difference of accountability and knowledge of nobility and action and things like that. Uh-huh. Like, Shasta jumps off his horse, runs back to Erebus. This is something we also need to discuss. Shasta, Bree won't stop.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: And Erebus is getting hurt by the lion. Yeah. And Shasta dives off of his horse, dives off of Bree,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: runs back to try to chase the lion off or something. <sighs> like he has no plan, he has no weapon, he has no idea what he's in, in doing, and all he does is yell, "Go home, go home, <laughs> yeah, get a go." And the kid's the, got some stones, and the lion turns around and goes away. It acts weird. It like stops and rolls head over heels or something like that. It says some kind of like does a barrel roll,
2: but no barrel roll. <laughs> um, um,
0: but Erevis Quinn and Bree all have to have a real long conversation about this at the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. where they all discuss that they hadn't seen that that Shasta was the best of them. Yeah, and Shasta has already had his scratches from the cat at the tombs uh-huh and so we've Much got less this severe. yeah <laughs> and i'm pretty i thought when they first ran away from the lion and Bree and Erevis uh or sorry Brie and Quinn first met mhm
2: uh-huh.
0: when we first met Erevis and Quinn this is what i'm trying to say mhm um did did the lion hurt free or
1: i don't think so i okay. don't think anybody got injured there
0: okay i'm just trying to remember but we've now had you know i don't know it's just the children have a different process of like purification that they have to go through in order to get into narnia than the yeah. horses do like
1: yeah and this the is kids
0: it. are having to be physically injured yeah. in order to be welcome into Narnia
1: yeah and that's not something that we have precedent for because like we have the Pevensies from the last book who like go into Narnia and like get on great with Aslan without anything happening to them really like Edmund gets kidnapped by the witch but that's not yeah, really Yeah,
0: but Aslan gets killed yeah when it should have been Edmund getting killed like mm-hmm. there is some kind of bloodletting ceremony <sighs> happening
1: yeah. with
0: the Pevensies yeah I don't know. I mean, we'll have to keep an eye out for it in future books.
1: I mean, say it's, it's it's an interesting comparison because like we have the Pevensies who just kind of stumble in and then become royalty. They're like, "Oh yeah, there's a prophecy about you guys. These are you're going to rule the whole country."
0: And then Whereas everything these... about this book is these four individuals realizing that they will be nothing yeah. when they get to and Narnia. And they're struggling
1: and they're working themselves to the bone and like struggling really hard to get into Narnia. And even then, Aslan apparently shows up and is like, yeah, no, you haven't worked hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> you got it, got you're it. not <laughs> running
0: hard enough. You're, yeah. You've been too lazy because you were a slave.
1: Yeah, and so, like, the, the vast difference between the way the Pevensies are treated in Narnia and, you know, Erebus and Shasta and the horses. Yeah. Is is intriguing. It's, it is. Especially since, you know, we're, we're assuming... Uh, Shasta is from Arkenland or something, or Narnia, wherever. Yeah, we we know that Bri and Huyn are. They are returning home. Yeah, they are from here. This is their. So land. maybe
0: that's the difference between the 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 kids needing to be beaten.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, yeah, I just. I don't know. Like, there is some kind of symbolism going on there, especially with the whip and imagery. Yeah. And then this conversation that Bree has with them where Bree says, no, I'm not worthy of going to Narnia because I've... I ran away. I ran away and I I was showed up by a slave boy. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: Um, and I don't know that that conversation was well
1: before we get there, okay, because uh, that's the end of the chapter, I want to talk a little bit more about the uh the hermit as a character in this place that is in uh because we again have the symbolism and the imagery of a walled garden. Yes. so we come into a walled garden and there is a very like specific description of this garden where you know, there's grass all around. There's this giant circular pool in the middle of it. There's a pool. Yes. That is so flat and so level that, it, like, you know, it looks like it's basically even with the ground.
0: Perfectly still water, so full that the water was almost exactly level with the ground, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And a giant tree, like the biggest tree they've ever seen that's growing, like, up next to it. Yep. And so we have this imagery that's very similar to the Wood Between Worlds. Yes. Uh, so that's a thing. And we also have that within a walled garden, which is also uh, a recurring recurring theme. Yeah. So. Wow. I didn't
0: even think about the pool. Like I wanted (laughs) to talk about the pool and like the stillness of it. But Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah, that that the pool being a throwback to the wood between the worlds and the magician's nephew. This might be this hermit might be some other kind of otherworldly magician of some kind that got into Narnia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. But I don't know, we have this tall beautiful tree. Once again, we have all of the tree imagery. Mm-hmm. Trees have been a part of every book now, I think, where there's been some moment where trees? C.S. Lewis listed like 15 kinds of yeah, trees. Yeah, there's a
1: tree list in this chapter. There
0: is a tree list in this chapter. I was surprised you weren't a tree. I thought you were going to be a birch. No. Um or no. a beech. Um
1: did those already. Yeah, I think I was a birch did. girl.
0: You were a birch girl. <laughs> um so but then we have this one specific tall tree that is the most beautiful and, and hugest. That's a fun word mm-hmm. in the chapter. Um tree that Shasta's ever seen. And yeah. I mean, we've established that Shasta grew up in an area that didn't have trees, so it it is significant for him to see a tree as big, tall, beautiful, biggest one he's ever seen because it's like yeah. the eighteenth tree he's seen. Yeah. But um Yeah, the pool the pool definitely reflects from the magician's nephew the wood between the worlds, but this big tree
1: mm-hmm.
0: reminds me of the tree that is planted to keep the witch out of Narnia.
1: Well, beyond that, it reminded me of the like the the tree you know the tree that fruit came from originally which oh, is oh yeah
0: inside of the garden yes which is inside the garden you're right so
1: if this were if this were in narnia we're not in narnia yet if it were in narnia my first thought would be you know in the magician's nephew we had the tree of life like obvious symbolism there with the fruit and like you know the the witches there like eating of it and having a cursed life a half life yes does anybody who drinks the blood of a unicorn would <laughs> uh, but eating eating from the tree of life and that all that symbolism with Diggory trying to heal his mom and whatnot. And so this is the tree of knowledge.
0: What is the tree that kept the witch out, though?
1: Something that sprouted from the tree of life. Like, that was the fruit that that's taken from that tree that they threw out onto is the ground. Is that the law? Yeah. Something like that. Which was
0: fulfilled in Aslan?
1: Maybe. But, like, this, this but seems... But you
0: think this is the tree of knowledge.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, when we have, like, this mysterious guy here who is just, like, you know, hanging out with this tree and is, like, seems to know a lot of things and yeah. knows all the current goings-on and is, like, you know, I don't know a lot about the future, but the present is, you know, that's my art. Yeah. I I know things. Yeah. So, I don't know.
0: Interesting.
1: And that was that was kind of what made me really intrigued by the character of the hermit because meeting him for the first time, I thought maybe this is like some sort of allegory for like the emperor across the sea, like this mysterious figure that we've never met before. Yeah. But the fact that he's just like, yeah, I don't know anything about the future. Mm, Like it seems seems to point in another direction.
0: True, true. Mm. But this is clearly someone who is like but also at the same time this is someone who did not immediately recognize a lion attacking them as possibly aslan so this is someone who is outside of did aslan's purview no he said it was surely a strange lion indeed but didn't say any like at that is the point where he would have mentioned aslan and been like yeah clearly you got this you got the deity upset you know
1: see that it's it's interesting that we read that differently because I read it as a, like a very tongue in cheek thing that he was just like well must have been a strange lion indeed for him to do that like wake wake nudge nudge
0: oh they don't teach logic in <sighs> schools do they
1: yeah <laughs> like like that kind of thing where he was very knowing but not outright saying it
0: see I read it in the opposite mm. way as uh-huh. him as him genuinely expressing a, <sighs> an ignorance of who who the lion was
1: uh, and the language he uses is also interesting because like he refers to uh, Shasta and Erevis as son and daughter which is kind of a you know could be an antiquated thing whatever. He refers to the horses as cousins. Yes. And that's interesting.
0: Is he a descendant of King Frank and Queen Helen? Or is he King Frank? He's been here 109 years so mm-hmm. he, it's he not been. Frank but yeah. yeah. Um really old man. He is an old man. He he was born before the winter in Narnia probably or <laughs> at the beginning of the Narnian yeah. winter. Yeah. He was probably born when the tree died that was protecting Narnia. Is this tree some kind of reflection of that tree that was protecting Narnia from the witch yeah. extending to protect the rest of Arkanland and Callerman um, from the witch once she was contained in Narnia? Question. Yeah. I don't know.
1: That is um, a good question because like, the, the time frame is suspicious because we know like the, the queen had a reign of 100 years. Yeah uh and and you know, we know
0: the kids have been there for some some time yeah long enough for susan to be of marrying age
1: yeah and like nine years later after the rain would have probably put her somewhere in her early 20s yeah so the timeline works out
0: yeah it does for him to have been
1: born like right at the beginning of
0: of the witch's reign in narnia
1: yeah so, so that's interesting. I,
0: I mean, that was the first thing that came to mind when he said 109 winters. I was <laughs> like, 109 winters is the uh-huh. way that he <laughs> phrased it. Yeah. And he's on the border of the land that had a hundred year long winter. Is he actually 209 years old or is he, you know, like yeah. the avatar? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I may look 13, but I'm 113. No, that's, and um, that is really interesting. And like, yeah.
1: I mean, that's, that's, again, my, part of my fascination with this character is, like, he's very much like a Tom Bombadil type character who's, like, we don't know anything about, but he's, like, this mysterious dude who's, like, enigmatic. Yes. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Very enigmatic, but also, like, we trust implicitly. He's written in such a way that we just trust him. Like, there is no... Uh, ill intention in him which is which is rare for me in these kind of characters like i'm a very empathetic reader and i read a lot into books so like mm-hmm. there are times that there are characters who are absolutely 100 percent, completely trustworthy that i read and i'm like mm, su- suspicious mm-hmm. you're being suspicious <laughs> uh-huh. don't be suspicious uh-huh. um i don't like this guy so um but this this character of the of I remember not liking him as a kid. I remember not trusting him as a kid. I definitely remember that, but like in this read through I find him to be, you know, someone I put confidence in.
1: You're you're a very suspicious person for a person who had a childhood as relatively good as yours was. It's <laughs> true. It's like I feel like you were betrayed a lot by people you trusted as a as a young woman.
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just didn't have a lot of people that I trusted. So therefore <laughs> the the requirements to enter into the pool of people I trusted
2: mm-hmm.
0: was not one chapter in a book where you maybe gave somebody goats milk when they didn't like goats milk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like Yeah. Um but yeah, this he has been around and I think that the fact that he calls the horses cousins just calls back for me to um, the the just the relationship that Frank had the cabbie mm-hmm. had with um, his horse friend. strawberry strawberry mm-hmm. How with old strawberry, strawberry.
1: uh huh Fletch
0: yes Fletch mm-hmm. Fledge.
1: Fledge. yeah Fletch Fledge. 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 yeah. Just a cooler name, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is and it's it is a little frustrating because like I want to find out more about this character and I have a strong feeling we're not going to and we're just going to abandon his little thing and we'll never hear from him again.
0: We'll see. I mean, we <sighs> it, it is also world building in yeah. that way where this is their introduction to the north. This is the first person that they've interacted with in the north.
1: Yeah, and like drawing the analogy uh, of Tom Bombadil. Like there's been all sorts of discussion about who this character is in Middle Earth forever, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that Tolkien never commented on. And whenever asked, Tolkien was just like, "I don't know." And he was very much of the opinion that there had to be some sort of mystery uh, in a universe like this that even the writer isn't aware of. Hmm. There has to be. There has to be some questions that can never be answered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that. Uh, george lucas directly emulated when he was creating the character of yoda yeah it was just like i don't ever want his species to be named i don't want him to have a planet of origin i don't want us to know anything about him yeah because he has to be this mystery in the universe
0: interesting
1: and those kinds of characters are i think always fun uh yeah struggling to think of other examples of that type of character in fiction right away but there's there's a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, uh, I can I can think of others as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times it can to a modern audience undermine the story to have unanswered questions or mm-hmm. to not have answers to some someone like this who is they've been herded to by Aslan. Yeah. So I don't know, but also like. The priority of this hermit is to get Shasta running out the door and attend to yeah. Erevis's wounds and yeah. to feed the horses and tend to his own goat cousins. Yeah. So
1: And so he maybe he's just here to give the horses a space to rest. Like, I don't know. Like as as fascinating as he is, he seems to not have a point in the story.
0: Is this is this the horse's moment of realization? Because this is absolutely like the first time that we've seen Bree come face-to-face with what it means to come to the north. Like, mm-hmm. we had that moment where he was like, what if the Narnian horses don't roll in the grass and I'm <sighs> doing something that just dumb horses do?
2: Uh-huh.
0: But it feels so nice and I love it.
2: Yeah.
0: This, other than that moment of reflection with Shasta, this is the first time that he is coming out and saying, like, I clearly don't belong in Narnia because I'm not noble enough for Narnia. And he's having to come face to face with his own ideas of himself, but also of what living in Narnia will be like because he's <laughs> just been like, oh, Narnia in the north and this noble great place and it's better than the dumb horses and Calarmead and all of these things. And like the hermit comes over and has to call him out. And the, yeah. the, the way that the hermit says it...
1: He's just like, bruh. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> um... When when Bree says, um, "I've lost everything," um. and the hermit comes over and is just like, mm, "My good horse, you've lost nothing but your self-conceit." Mm-hmm. That was just like this, like smack down, just like no, yeah, like you've you've lost something you had that you didn't need. Mm-hmm. You 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 needed to lose that, and so this this is. Bree's Dark night of the Soul, if we're reading the last three chapters as various different characters' transition points and moments of change and turning. This is a distinct wow. point of change in this garden for Bree.
1: Yeah, and I feel like there is more character development here that happens uh, in this chapter than the previous five chapters combined. Because everybody has a moment here, Wick. We, we have Shasta, like...
0: This is, yeah, this is the culmination of the last, you know, because we had Erebus and, and Shasta both have these deep moments, mm-hmm. but didn't have any evidence of it in character. And you are correct. This moment is the culmination of all of them.
1: Yeah, like Shasta has this moment of bravery where he's like, all right, I'm going to go face down my fears and, like, be self, self-sacrificial. Like, Gwen has her moment of strength where, you know, she finds she can go on. And she's leading the charge, like Erebus has this moment of...
0: Not only that she's leading the charge, but she's like, no, we need to go now, and starts running, and then Bree has to catch up.
1: Yeah, Uh, and Erebus has this moment of, like, not self-doubt, but realization of being wrong about Shasta the entire time. I mean, like, yeah, I've been shrugging him off and, you know, insulting him, but he's the best one out of all of us. Yeah. Uh, And then Bree, of course, has this, you know, crushing moment of being like well i'm not good enough for this place Mm -hmm. and so all these characters have some real hard internal conflicts that they kind of resolve or work on resolving in this chapter yeah
0: and this chapter is just like a boiling (laughs) pot with all of these different characters moments and i think that this chapter does a really really good good solid job Mm -hmm. of bringing all of those characters slow build up yeah. Into a single chapter through their all of their reaction to this chapter's events. Yeah. Seeing Rabidash at the river. Now they have to run. Yeah. Quinn is gonna take charge and don't don't care what Bree says. I'm running. <laughs> We're going.
2: Yeah.
0: Erevis has to accept the fact that Shasta is the braver and stronger and the one who is running on because she's injured. Like he is the one completing the goal, Mm -hmm. um, which they all planned to do. And Bree is like, Nope, I, I did a bad job. Yep. You know, all of these things. So I think, I really think that this chapter, well, you know, as, as much as you've been complaining about every chapter, not having anything happen in it. This chapter couldn't happen without the last four chapters worth of content of slow development and changes in these characters. Yeah. Like, if Shasta hadn't spent that night alone in the tombs afraid of the ghouls Mm -hmm. and the hyenas or or whatever the animals were.
1: Yeah. So jackals, which are basically the same thing. No, they were
0: jackals. They were jackals. (laughs) They were jackals. Anyway, if, if he hadn't been facing the jackals. No,
1: they were hides.
0: See, that's why. That's why I make <laughs> jokes like this so that you can remember the right word later.
1: Anyway, go on.
0: No, no, but like, I, you know, Shasta wouldn't have ran down a lion if he hadn't spent that night with the lion running off the jackals. Yeah. And, oh, no, it's just a cat. And, oh, I'm okay. Like,
1: no. I
0: must have dreamed it all. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, no.
1: This crystallizing moment here.
0: Well, and I think that part of his scratches was for him to have an injury to remember it by so that he doesn't actually have the ability to just shrug it off as if it were a dream.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It
0: wasn't. The cat was real. The cat really did scratch him. Yeah. Maybe that's part of what we Mm -hmm. have going on with Erebus here. Yeah. Maybe. Uh Uh-huh. Why did she have to get ten lashes?
1: don't know. Um yeah if i if I go into that I'm just going to talk more about theology and we're you know we don't do that anymore um <laughs> so I'll try not to get too much into that um yeah is there is there anything else in the chapter that we haven't really touched on here
0: um, no, I think that we've done a good good job of covering it other than a definition of the word fetlock when they cross <laughs> the river and the uh-huh. and the horses' fetlocks touch the water, but uh, apparently that's their ankles. Mm-hmm. Horses' ankles have a different word than ankle.
1: Uh, do you think? Well, no, was just, I, I thought I was missing something, but um. Goat do you think? Milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a significance here where, like, the hermit introduced, you know, when introduced to the kids calls them son and daughter, uh, and at a certain point, Erebus calls him father. Yes. Which I feel like is interesting, and not necessarily a. Like. It it makes more sense, I guess, from my current English mind for, like, an old man to be like, oh, yeah, come here, son, and refer to a young man that way. But, But like, a younger person referring to an an older person as father or mother shows a very high degree of reverence that you wouldn't normally have for somebody you just met.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because I feel like uncle is is a more, like, even Uh cross-culturally calling an un, uh, like a... A respectful title for an older man or woman, aunt or uncle. Yeah. But um, father is a word that confused me when I read this as a kid. I thought that this was her father. And I was like, how did her father get here? Like, it genuinely (laughs) confused me in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because words like that didn't make sense to me as a kid. Uh But also we have just, like, yeah, son, daughter, cousins. Mm -hmm. And then she calls him father in reply. That, I don't know. Like, I don't know where that falls in, like, culture at the time. What kind of culture he's trying to establish for Arkenland versus Callerman. Yeah. Um, I think this is a title change for Erebus because she's always been Tarkina, mm-hmm. And now she is daughter. Okay. Um, so okay. I think that there's a moment of, like, title change in that. But we also have a reflection of her calling him father, which is the same thing that Shasta called the man that he grew up as a slave to. Yeah, um, he he grew up with a man he called father.
1: Yeah, maybe that's a thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, somebody's gonna tweet at us saying really, or send us a text message being like, "How did you not get this? This is obviously this biblical figure." um <laughs> well, he's clearly he's clearly father abraham uh-huh. like clearly i said he's abraham. frank <laughs>
0: he is king frank or uh-huh. frank's descendant yeah yeah
1: something like that uh yeah i think that's um uh, we pretty much covered everything i wanted to touch on in the chapter yeah. um nothing else super interesting that we haven't really uh i think that there's a lot about. of
0: symbolism in this chapter that we're going to have to pick apart later yeah Like once we get a little further into the book, or in our final discussion, or after we've read (sighs) the,
1: I really need to read this book. Like it's all gonna make sense to me. It's all gonna. I don't think
0: it's all gonna make sense, but I think that there is a repeated symbolism that's now come up twice in Mm -hmm. this in this book Uh that you would have already had that symbolism established. Yeah. If we had read them in the publishing order.
1: Apparently. That's I'm, what they tell me. I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that we're doing it this way. It's too late to go back. Okay,
0: well, I mean we can establish an, uh, a thing for this, like a precedent. What what does you know what does the lion scratching you mean? Mm-hmm. But like we're gonna have to build that from from this side.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um so would you would you like to move on to our next segment?
0: Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and do our rewrites. So when we read the chapter, we also pull out five sentences and try to rewrite the chapter. We use the chapter's words and create a new story from them. What Chris is doing is he is taking every chapter and trying to build one continuous story. Mm-hmm. So he's going to go second because he will be reading last week's uh, rewrite followed by this week's oh, rewrite. This chapter,
1: like. This was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It was so buttery and it, like just so it so easy had to some good ones. Yeah. So easy to do the rewrite with.
0: <sighs> See, but, and I <laughs> had a hard time yeah, I know I knew it was gonna be easier for you, but mm-hmm. I had a hard time building a five sentence story out of this. Yeah. Like one story. Yeah. These sentences were really good, but a lot of them were just interjections that would have been good as part of a story. And yeah. I had a really hard time coming up with a different story from the chapter itself Gotcha So I'll go ahead and read mine
1: Without further ado
0: But I've lost everything Shasta, half mad with horror managed to lurch towards the brute Stop, bellowed Shasta and Bree's ear Shasta felt the change at once By Tash, said Erebus
2: Okay that's it. I, I,
1: so we've established that you like to reimagine things in the chapter and your rewrites. What What are you, what are you, what are you going for here? What do you well,
0: got? Well, no, no, no. What we've established is that I like to take my rewrite and apply whatever I found in the rewrite yeah. into the book. Yeah. Like, that's different. Um, but I really like to, you know, see this moment for Shasta of fear and, and terror and just the change that happened. Mm -hmm. And Erevis calls upon her god, Tash. By
1: Tash.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, my question is, did that happen before or after Aslan cut her? Um, When did she say by Tash?
1: That's a great question. Mm,
0: By Tash, it's the army, it's Rabidash. So it was before.
1: Before. There you go. Fascinating. She's cursing in Arkanland. That's why she got scratched. Might be. All right. Anyway,
0: so yeah, there you go.
1: Alright, so we're gonna do my uh, Here is last week's little story. All
2: right.
1: Erebus looked round and there right enough was Shasta who had come out of hiding the moment he saw the groom going away. Erebus decided it was no occasion for mercy. Sorry, Bree, he gasped. No, said Bree very slowly. But in the end, she had to give in to Erebus. And continuing that into this week. Aren't you well, Brie, dear? said Erebus. Brie muttered something that no one could hear. Shasta, half mad with horror, managed to lurch toward the brute. He had never done anything like this in his life before and hardly knew why he was doing it now. Shasta was marvelous.
2: All right, <laughs> all
0: right. So where are you going? Where are you going? You've only got like five more.
1: <sighs> I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to wrap this up somehow. Yeah, you uh-huh. got.
0: You've got to come to some resolution. I
1: know. It's gonna be. It's you've gonna got be all rough.
0: these plot lines going on um, now.
1: You know, yeah. No, not 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 that
2: many. Yeah, you do.
1: Um. So. <laughs> There's our rewrite uh, again, we want to open this up to uh anybody who might be listening. We will absolutely take any rewrites of this chapter you guys have if you want to send that in to us via email we'll throw you the email address at the end of the episode but uh, we have not yet gotten one of these like we keep saying that we'll read them on the podcast but haven't gotten a single one. true so be the first um anyway, so well, let's move I'm in sneeze. Anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and move into our last segment, Uh, and this is the one that I kind of spearhead because Kristen kind of hates it, but (laughs) what we do here is I go through the chapter and I give it a rating out of a five-star system, uh, just saying how well the chapter did what it tried to do. Uh, What is our rating system? Bowls
0: of goat's milk.
1: (laughs) You got that one right away. Yep. You didn't have to think about it.
0: Bowls of goat's milk.
1: All right. Um, Gosh, this was a good chapter. This was actually good, Uh, and I don't see. No, it's just it's maybe it's so refreshing because like the past four or five chapters have all been kind of trash. Uh, I don't think
0: they've been trash. I think they've been this chapter is only this good because of the last four chapters. Yeah, it's it's you have to retroactively look at them that way.
1: It's a building point. I'm not gonna go give retroactive ratings now. Uh, That would be a dumb move for a podcast to make. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But. Yeah, no, I liked it. I'm I'm trying to think of any glaring flaws that were in this chapter. Like, it had good action, it had good pacing, like we do some world building we learn some mysterious things like we have questions at the end of it that are intriguing we do really good character development that comes to a head with all four of the main characters which has not happened in a single chapter in this book i uh, yeah
0: i would say uh, dare i say in any of in the books. anything
1: like this is like really good really tight there wasn't anything in this chapter that felt out of place c.s lewis doesn't break the fourth wall a single time
0: inaccurate
1: does he he does gosh i i mm. which where where is it
0: it is um yeah no he does it's uh on in my chapter it's it's page two it would probably be about page four in your book if you had been there
2: <laughs> oh. you
0: would probably have known he didn't that he was seeing oaks beeches, <sighs> yeah. silver birches rowans and sweet chestnuts yeah that one
1: right before the tree list too yep uh so yeah i was gonna say if it weren't for that i was gonna give this chapter a perfect score Ooh. um but almost almost there you go over there yeah
0: just, oh. just hit my my leg mm. okay i do have the map yeah why would you put the map <laughs> <laughs> no way it's at the beginning of the book
1: uh-huh i'm glad you found this i've never seen um. a map
0: in this book so, anyway. I've used your book like six times to find the map. Sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh huh.
0: Rate the chapter on your perfect score system.
1: Uh, yeah. So, I'm going to give this four full goat bowls of goat milk and one bowl of goat milk that just like okay. we slipped and sloshed a little bit out. Okay. Uh, but it mostly made it there intact. So, I, I think this is the best rating I've given a chapter in this book so I far. I think
0: so. I think you're right.
1: So, what are you going to? I I
0: am going to give this chapter a thing called luck.
1: (laughs) Hermit's never seen it in his 109 years of being on this earth.
0: But it exists, and it's this chapter.
1: Wow. 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 All right. So, uh,. That's our podcast. Thank uh, you
0: guys so much for joining us today. I,
1: I feel like the chapters where things happen and we actually have things to talk about, the episodes are always shorter than the chapters that we have to, like, <laughs> I think that's because
0: for... the chapters that we do search for things in <sighs> mm-hmm. actually do have a lot of symbolism and a lot of discussion points.
1: Not the last one. The last one was. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so next time we will be reading chapter eleven of The Horse and His Boy, which is titled The Unwelcome Fellow Traveler.
1: Gosh, who who joins them on his journey? Who indeed? Is it some sort of red bird? Is it a beaver? You think um, it's a beaver? I don't know. I mean, maybe a beaver would be welcome. I was <sighs> trying to think of maybe it's tumness. <laughs>
0: <sighs> um
1: He just comes oh, out of the woodwork.
0: Tumness. Thank you for reminding me. This chapter, the moment where he, uh, the the hermit, is giving her the bowl of milk and the horses the grass uh-huh. and ma- and mash, uh-huh. he re- he feels like he is the spiritual analog of Tumnus uh-huh. or Lasarlene, yeah, but more so Tumnus in this chapter of restorative power. Okay to these other characters operating in that same kind of role as Tumnus with Lucy or the Beavers with the other kids or Tumnus again with Shasta Uh or maybe Lassarline with Erebus
1: Hmm. okay
0: just throwing that in there we now have the Hermit with the rest of the characters.
1: That's a motif it is. Alright cool cool um that being said, uh, sure, I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> I'm going to cut all of that out. That being said.
1: Yeah, that being said, uh, until next time when we talk about who that mysterious traveler might be, uh, you can connect with us at Chronicle Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can send us some tweets. And Chronically Pod on Twitter, I think we still have some sort of poll up for what our Patreon bonus should be.
0: The poll will probably be down, but I might have to relist it because there have been no replies to the Twitter
1: poll yet. Man. It makes me sad. You hear that, listeners? You're making me sad. Um, um, or you can email us your fan art of uh, some sort of black moving mass that is actually a bunch of soldiers by the river.
0: They look like ants.
1: They look like ants. Uh, send us your fan art of a bunch of ants. Where? Uh, at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com.
0: And as Chris mentioned, there is a Patreon. Uh, it is patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. And if you are interested in getting something for supporting us, you are welcome <laughs> to uh, give us your feedback on that on Twitter. We will have another poll up listing um, possible things that we might do on the patreon but in the meantime you can support us on the patreon for nothing in <laughs> return uh-huh. because you just want to support us we only need we only need five more dollars a month in order to cover the hosting fees, <laughs> <piece>, so,
1: <laughs> so we can break even <laughs> this
0: would be a, a, <laughs> a negative or a non-negative financial investment for yep. us <laughs>
1: I mean, all that electricity that we spend keeping your laptop running. and you It's know, on
0: battery power right now. <laughs> oh. It's not plugged in right well, now. You
1: have to plug it in eventually. Like, yeah. the power comes from somewhere.
0: Yes, but when, <laughs> when, when we record, it's only on battery. It is stored energy.
1: Uh-huh. Anyway, until next week.
0: Don't drug your maid.
1: Don't forget to grease those oats. Bye. Brew-hoo-hoo. the north the green north nade Bree
0: why yes why 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 <laughs> why why do you want to calm down
2: uh, no i want to know <laughs>
0: why what did you uh, to get, uh, let's get into this what do we do what do we do here
1: well, well how do we do this well no, i know it's been many months since we recorded our last episode
0: it is not Quinn that gets swapped, swatted. <laughs> it, it's not. Mm-hmm. And the hyenas, or what are the whatever the animals were? Yeah. Were they hyenas? Oh, no. Hyenas. Yeah. Okay.
1: We didn't know. Yeah, they're hyenas. Yes. you need to look this up?
0: If he hadn't been facing the jackals. No, they were hides. See, that's why. That's why I make jokes like this, so that you can remember the right word later. You good over there? Yeah. Oh. Just hit my my leg. Mm. Okay. I do have the map. Yeah. Why would you put the map? <laughs> no way. It's at the beginning of the book.
1: Uh-huh. I'm glad you found this. I've never um. seen a
0: map in this book.